0: morning again. It's good to see you all. And um, it's one of the jobs that a pastor is trained to do. He's trained obviously to preach. He's trained to prepare a message. But he's also trained how to do an introduction. And when I taught uh, speech communication at a small Bible college back in Maine, uh, a couple things we would talk about. And first of all was keep it under 30 seconds when you introduce people. And also we were told to keep it genuine. I mean, be honest. Don't do these rosy things, saying about somebody. So this morning, I'm going to have a little trouble keeping under 30 seconds, but I can be genuine, that's for sure. And uh, this morning, as I want to make an introduction, Uh, I want to make an introduction to a person that has changed my life dramatically. It's been just a short time, but it's made a huge change in my life and uh, is going to continue to change my life. And I'm sorry, that's, that's not Rick who's speaking this morning. It's this little guy, Rivers Alexander Correals. So he was born on Tuesday, so we're very excited about that. Uh, Cindy and I already, of course, love him a lot. We actually love him more than we love Rick, but we love you, Rick. And as you can see, he has more hair than Rick, so that makes him much more attractive. But anyway, so that is probably not the introduction you were looking for or what you were looking for coming this morning, but we're very uh, thankful for that. Uh, But what we're doing uh, for the next uh, four weeks is we're partnering with Berean Bible Church, and we're partnering with them on a sermon series. I'm going to be off for three weeks, this one included. Uh, This was a study week for me, getting ready for the fall and getting into Christmas. And uh, then the next two weeks, I'll be on vacation. So this week, uh, Rick is here. And then next week, uh, Justin is going to be here. And then the following week, Rick will be back via simulcast. And then the last week, I'll wrap things up. And then we'll get back to 7 before we start the fall season. So again, it's our pleasure to be able to partner with them and let them partner or let let us partner with them. So it's great to be able to do that. So uh, give Rick a warm welcome.
1: I appreciate that genuine <laughs> introduction, uh, and uh, I don't think I've ever been upstaged by a three-day-old or whatever it is. But that's great. Uh, it's always great to be back with you guys. It's, it, it honestly it feels like coming back home. Um, I've lost count of how many times I've been here 10, uh, ten, eleven. I don't. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Uh, it's been a number of years, and so. There's some of you that are very familiar, and, and we've stayed in touch over the years. Uh, there's some of you that are brand new faces, and that's exciting for me, too, to come back and, and see the changes every time that I come back and see some, some new people here as well. And So um, just a, a privilege and honor to be able to be with you and, and share with you God's word this morning. And uh, this is actually kind of cool that we're doing this whole sermon series uh, cooperation together. Uh, So in the past, it's kind of been, you know, I come up and fill in when, you know, there's a vacation or a holiday or something like that. So uh, to be able to have our churches cooperate and do this uh, is an awesome thing. And uh, it really is a testament to the kingdom mindedness of both your church and our church um, that, you know, we don't belong to a denomination. We don't we don't necessarily, um, you know, work with. Uh, a set group of churches all the time Uh, we just we we see like-minded believers and we want to accomplish the same thing we have the same mission uh, to make more and better Jesus followers amen that's what our goal is Um, and so uh, any way that we can come together uh, not only individually as brothers in Christ but come together as as churches it's a great thing Uh, next week uh, as Dave mentioned, uh, Pastor Justin will be here with you, and let me just give you a, a, a quick introduction on him. Um, so for, for quite a few years, um, he was my pastor as I was working at Davis College and, and traveling and speaking for them and teaching and uh, administration and other things. Um, Berean was my home church, and uh, back in 2017, I had the opportunity to go on staff. I transitioned from being at the Bible College uh, to being on staff. And so I went from Justin being my uh, friend and confidant and pastor uh, to being my coworker. worker And um, you are in for a treat uh, for next week and having him come and share with you. Although I will be honest, I'm absolutely shocked. I mean, I am, I am beyond shocked. That Pastor Dave would have Justin come up and speak here. And here's the reason why. Pastor Justin is a huge diehard Buffalo Bills fan. So you may not have known that before you agreed to this, but uh, (laughs) okay, there. I'll I'll let him know tomorrow when I see him. Um, So speaking of, of football, let me share with you. An event that happened. Um, some of you maybe even remember this very clearly, but on, on September 23rd, 2001, Drew Bledsoe, the, the quarterback of the New England Patriots, was injured. Uh, they were actually losing to the Jets, which is kind of embarrassing, um, and Drew Bledsoe tried to run for the first down, and he, got, he just got actually creamed by a linebacker named Mo Lewis he got he got hit so hard that they didn't realize it at the time but later on they found out that it was a life-threatening kind of injury. He was bleeding internally. That's how that's how you know serious of a of an injury this was. And so they trotted out this quarterback, this replacement quarterback that not too many people knew anything about. In fact, if you play video games, here is his profile on Madden so Madden is just, like, that's the premier football game if you want to play on your PS4 or whatever. Uh, back then, I, it, I don't know, it might have been PS1 or something. Um, but, but you can see by the, the profile, like, this quarterback, um, he didn't even, like, he didn't even warrant a pitcher. Like, you didn't get a, you didn't see what his face was. In fact, on the listing for Madden, um, he was QB 12. Like, they didn't even have his name. Right, This was his second year in the NFL, and he was a nobody. But yet he stepped in, and actually they didn't win that game. They they lost to the Jets. But he won five of the next seven games, and he never gave back that starting role to Drew Bledsoe. So those of you who are football fans, you know who I'm talking about, right? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Usually we hear an singing here Is that a... <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, so I, although are are you still a Tom Brady fan, even though he went to Barry. oh very okay, all right and and I understand that completely so so here's my question though, what if like, like what if Drew Bledsoe didn't get injured? You know, would Tom Brady have been this like journeyman backup quarterback that never had an opportunity? And you, and you can look at a lot of pieces in history, a lot of things, a lot of events in history and go, wow, that was that was pretty monumental. If it wasn't for that injury, would Tom Brady have become what some people argue is the greatest quarterback of all time? Would would he have won multiple Super Bowls? Would he have had the career that he's had? Well, this morning I want to consider another what if, because we're, we're talking about these great heroes. We're going to... We're going to talk about the, the, the Hall of Fame. In fact, if you want to get a head start, we're going we're to be in Hebrews chapter 11. And the translation I'm using this morning is the New Living Translation. So if you're using an electronic Bible and you want to follow me word for word, you can, you can jump to that translation. If not, it's not a problem. You'll still be able to follow along well. But in Hebrews chapter 11, we have what's, what's known as the, the Hall of Faith. It's, it's kind of like the Hall of Fame. It's the heroes of our faith. And the first person that we want to consider is Moses. And you look at Moses' life and all the things that that took place in his life, and it's very easy to look back and go, what if? What if Moses had done something differently? And so join me in in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to read the first couple of verses, And then we'll jump down to where it talks about Moses specifically. So Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 2 says this. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. So it is through faith that people in the days of old earned a good reputation. And now one of those people that, that earned a good reputation of old is Moses. And so if you jump down to... Verse 23, we see, first of all, it began with his parents. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people Instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin, he thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorposts so the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. And it was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry dry ground, but when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. And it was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days And the walls came crashing down. The story of of Moses. But isn't it interesting that when we eulogize someone, when we we honor somebody in a hall of fame or a hall of faith, we, we, we put in all the highlights, right? But there's more to the story of Moses. There's more things that happened in his life that, that aren't being picked up here as, as he's being honored in this hall of faith, there, there's a journey that Moses went on. And so in order to really get an understanding of that, if you would jump back into Exodus chapter 4 with me. Exodus chapter 4. And we're picking up right in the middle of a conversation between Moses and God Jehovah. You, you may have heard the story of the burning bush that that starts back in the previous chapter. Here, here's the continuation of that conversation. You see, God is, is, is asking Moses to be the leader of his people. He's, he, wants, he wants Moses to be the redeemer of the people, to help them to leave the, the bondage and captivity that they were under with the Egyptians and to lead them to a promised land, a land that that God had promised to his people. But Moses, Moses isn't having much of this. And we kind of jump in the middle of this conversation, and and you'll see. In verse 1 it says, but Moses protested again, right? So if you go back to chapter 3, you can see, he's been protesting, he's been arguing with God, but he protested again, and he said, what if, what, what if, They won't believe me or listen to me. What if, what what if they say the Lord never really appeared to you? And then the Lord said to him, what is it that's in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff, and it turned into a snake. And Moses jumped back. Can you kind of picture this in your mind's eye? Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab it by the tail. Probably the worst thing you can do with a snake, right? So Moses reached out and grabbed it and turned it back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Now perform this sign, the Lord told him, and then they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, really has appeared to you. Then the Lord said to Moses, now put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out again, his hand was white as snow with a severe skin disease, maybe even leprosy. And now put your hand back into your cloak, the Lord said. So, so Moses put his hand back in, and when he took it out again, it was as healthy as the rest of his body. The Lord said to Moses, if they do not believe you and are not convinced by the first miraculous sign, they will be convinced by the second sign. And if they don't believe you or listen to you even after these two signs, all right, I'm going to give you a third one. So then take some water from the Nile River pour it out on the dry ground. And when you do, the water from the Nile will turn to blood on the ground. Even after all this, here's Moses' reply. But Moses pleaded with the Lord. Oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now, even though you've spoken to me. Now, I, I'm, I'm standing in your presence before this burning bush. I'm still, I still get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. And then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear, or do not hear, see, or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. And even after all this, Moses pleaded again, Lord, please send anyone else. And at that point, The Lord became angry with Moses. All right, he said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he speaks well. Oh, and look, he's on his way to meet you right now. He'll be delighted to see you. Talk to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with both of you as you speak, and I will instruct you both in what to do. Aaron will be your spokesman to the people. He will be your mouthpiece and you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to say and take your shepherd staff with you and use it to perform the miraculous signs that I've showed you. Here's here's Moses. We, we see this story of what a great person of faith he was in Hebrews chapter 11. But at this stage of his life, not so much, right? In fact, at this point in his life, if you, if you look back at the, the, the story, he actually ran from the, from the Egyptians. He ran from his people because he had killed an Egyptian out of anger. An Egyptian was mistreating one of his Israelite brothers. He saw that, and he, and he was angry. He was angry at, 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 at the whole thing, the fact that, that his brothers his Israelite friends and brothers and sisters were, were in slavery to these Egyptians. And when he saw this Egyptian mistreating someone, he, he killed them. And when he realized that this was, this was a known thing, and it, it, was just, it wasn't a hidden thing, he ran. And he literally went to become a shepherd, which is a lowly, it's a lowly position. He went to become a shepherd for his father-in-law. And that's where we see God speaking to him many years later. You see, he ran away from what God had, had had called him to do. He and and God gave him time. He gave him the experience of being out there and being a shepherd and being in the wilderness. You see, Moses was kind of he was trying to, he was running away from who he was. In fact, there was this there was this conflict with him and you look back and you go well what if what if in fact even moses says to god like not just what if circumstances change what if they like what if what if everyone else doesn't believe me what if and so then god uses two very common things To try to instruct Moses. The first one is his shepherd staff. And now I'm not sure exactly what was going through Moses' mind, but I can speculate. And and when you look at this situation, you look at Moses having run away from from his position in the royalty in Egypt, and now he has the shepherd staff. It had to be a reminder of the fact that he was out here kind of living, living in anonymity, doing the mundane things of life. You see, it was a shepherd's staff. It wasn't a royal scepter. And then, and then God used the cloak. And again, a, a shepherd's cloak, a, you know, a humble a, a covering to protect the shepherd while he's out in the field. A shepherd's cloak, not royal robes. You see, Moses, he, he kind of he didn't fit in. He was kind of in the middle of two worlds. He he was he was not enough Egyptian to fit in, but he wasn't enough Israelite to fit in. Like he he was on, on the flip side, he was like he was too much Egyptian to fit with the Israelites, but yet he was too much. Israelite to fit in with the Egyptians. Like he was in this this middle ground, this space of, of not really knowing who he was and what his role was to be. And he, here is God speaking to him. He's resisting. He's saying, what if? What if they don't listen to me? And so I think the first thing that I want to point out to you is this. Don't project your past into your potential. Because in some ways that, that's exactly what Moses is doing. Moses is saying, God, who am I? Even though God is saying, I am, like we saying this morning, that we you know God is saying, like, it's not about you, it's about me. It's about, it's about the fact that I'm the, the everlasting one. I'm the one that who always was and who always will be. I'm the one that will free my people. I just need to use you as my instrument. But yet, but yet Moses was, was torn. He was fighting what his calling was, what God wanted to use him for. You know, the, the challenge here is the contrast of how you see yourself versus how God sees you. And yes, it's important to remind ourselves that we're, we're sinful beings, that, that, that we have the sin nature, and, and even as believers, that there's that struggle of what of what we want to do. We know what's right, but we struggle against it. All that's true. But the reality is, is, is God sees us, God sees us, if if we have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, if we are a Jesus follower, God sees us through his son Jesus Christ. The book of Hebrews later on talks about the fact that it is it is his righteousness that God sees, not our unrighteousness as he looks at us. But yet sometimes we want to we want to hold on to the past, we want to we 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 kind of use what what mistakes we made is, is our excuse that God can't use us because I did this or God can't use me because I used to be this. God is saying to Moses, I know your past. It doesn't matter because I'm going to use you. It's going to be me. It's going to be my power. It's going to be God working through you. Don't let your past influence your potential. And don't let others use your past against you. Just just as, as Moses was saying, what if they, what if they don't listen? Listen, don't be concerned about what they think. If you are following God's direction for your life, if you are committed to accomplishing things for God, if you're you're growing your faith like God was trying to do in Moses, it doesn't matter what they think. It's not how they see you, it's how God sees you. So don't project your past into your potential. But the other thing I want to show you here is this, that often the preparation is more important than the performance. In other words, as you look at the, the, the life of Moses, there was an awful lot of things that led him to that point where in Hebrews chapter 11, we can now look at him as a faith hero. But that wasn't always the case. He went through a very long journey of God working in his life to help him to become who it was that God designed him to be. He, just, he, wasn't, he wasn't born a hero of the faith. He went through a great deal of preparation, a great deal of time. In fact, some Bible scholars divide his life into into three periods of 40 years. And so to think about the amount of time that he went through preparation and God working in him, humbling him, helping him to focus on the right things, that, that was preparation for what God was going to perform through him. I can't help but think of uh, a great example of this is Usain Bolt. He's probably one of like the fastest, people call him the fastest human being alive. To prepare for an Olympics, he, he practiced, he worked, he, he developed his skill, he strengthened his body for four years, for four years, all to run for less than 10 seconds. That's a lot of preparation for a very small amount of performance. In fact, if you were to look at his entire preparation for the Olympics, the the days and hours he put in, and yet his entire time on the track, all the pre-qualifying races, everything, it all added up to less than 325 seconds. Five minutes. That was his his time on the stage, but yet there was all this preparation before, And and that's exactly what we see in the life of Moses, and I think that's a great reminder for us as well. You may say, God's not accomplishing anything through me right now. The question is, is God accomplishing anything in you right now? Is he he using the, the difficult times maybe that you're challenged with right now? Is he using that? And are you allowing him to use that to grow your faith? Because that may be your time of preparation. God may have a plan for you further down the road that you need to be prepared for. And the last thing is this it's interesting to see the the growth in in Moses because if we just look a few chapters later in in Exodus 13, we see another conversation between Moses and God. And, and, And God says to him, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And look at Moses' response. Moses' response wasn't what if. Moses' response was, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. Like, I want to do this, but if you're not with us, I don't want to go. You see, it's that presence of God in what we're doing. It's that presence of God that's going to produce the kind of powerful faith going forward. You see, Moses became willing He became obedient. And now this concept, this principle, is even even more applicable to you and I today. Because now in the New Testament, we, we understand that as we put our faith and trust in Jesus, if we believe that he died and was buried and rose again for our sins, we recognize that we are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. And so God is with us. We have the presence of God. And it's that it's that presence of God that gives us the ability to grow our faith, to recognize that God is working in us and God can work through us. And it's not of our own strength. First John describes it this way, it says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. At times, it may seem like the world system and the culture is, is, is winning. It's overcoming us. It's defeating us. But, but Scripture promises us that we are overcomers. And it's through the power of God's presence with us. Not only does the presence of God in the present help prepare us for the future, But we also can see from the life of Moses that it had a future impact. It had an influence on another entire generation. Without turning back there, if you just remember the last couple verses in Hebrews chapter 11 we talked about. It wasn't, you know, there were several verses in there that would say, you know, by faith Moses. By faith Moses, by faith he, by faith he. But then it got down to verse 29 and it says, by faith, the people of Israel crossed the Red Sea. Verse 30, by faith the people, the, 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 the walls of, of Jericho fell. You see, he went through a journey of, of growing his faith. And he finally came to that point where he was willing to and, and obedient. And, and was used of God, and God grew him and grew his faith, but then that had an influence on others as well. You see, the presence of God, the presence of God helps develop us in the present, prepares us for the future, but it also helps us to have an impact on others in the future. The presence of God. I, I love this quote by Stephen Furtick. It talks about the fact that we don't need to know the destination. You know, sometimes we, we get really hung up on trying to determine the will of God for our life, and, and we want to know where it all leads. But the fact is that it's more important to recognize the presence of God than necessarily where He's taking us. And that, that, is the kind of faith that God, over time, developed in Moses. It didn't come naturally. It didn't come easy. He went through a tremendous amount of preparation, but he eventually became a person of, of great faith, in the hall of faith, in Hebrews chapter 11. But that kind of brings us back to that original question. What if? The same question that, that Moses asked God as, as he was challenging what God wanted him to do. What if? A lot of times we, we look at that question as a, as, as a negative question. And, and that certainly was the case with Moses. What, what if? What if Moses didn't obey God? What if Moses didn't eventually get to the point where he was willing and obedient and allowed his faith to be grown? Just think about that. Like, what if the nation of Israel never escaped captivity from the Egyptians? Just just think about the impact that they would have on our world today, thousands of years later. Just think about the impact that that would have had on the the thread of the story of hope that God was was weaving throughout history. Because it it is through the deliverance, the the symbolism, the image of of the deliverance of the nation of Israel from bondage that we understand that Jesus came as the Messiah. And and it's that same imagery that uh, that same concept, the fact that we were once slaves to sin, but through Jesus Christ we are we are free, our bondage is removed, we are no longer under the control and captivity of sin. but what if what if Moses had said no? But I think there's also a positive way to look at that question, what if like what if what if you do allow God to develop and grow your faith? What if you use the circumstances and the challenges in life, and and you let God use those to help you grow deeper in your faith? I can't help but think of of the story of George Mueller. If you have an opportunity to read a story, or a biography, or anything about George Mueller, it's amazing the kind of faith he had in, in developing an orphanage. And, and there were literally be times that he would be sitting down at the table with the orphans with no food. And they would say blessing. He, he would say, God, we, we don't have anything to eat for this meal. God, please, please provide. And then there'd be a knock at the door and somebody would bring more than enough food to feed them. But George Mueller didn't start out with that kind of faith. God used experiences with him over and over again to build his faith, to get to that point where he had such bold faith. What what if, what if you let God build that same kind of faith in you? What if you let him use those circumstances? And what if, what if by doing that, God does some amazing things in you and through you? What if? Let's bow our heads in prayer. God, we, we thank you for the, the stories, the, uh, the historical accounts, the, the, the people that you give us examples from in your word. And the encouragement that we can draw from it that they were ordinary people. They weren't anything special per se, but, but you used them and you developed them and you grew their faith. And now we can look at, at, at their story and see how you accomplished amazing things to them. God, we want to be heroes of faith as well. God, we want to have impact on our families and our communities. God, help us along the journey. Help us to recognize that that all doesn't happen immediately, that that's a process in your preparation and working in our hearts. God, it's my prayer this morning that you would continue to work in me. Help, Help me to continue to grow my faith in you. And that's my prayer for each of these people as well. God, accomplish great things in us, and as a result, accomplish great things through us as we have faith in you. And I pray this all in Jesus' precious name.